We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. I started to say welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. It's Monday. <laughs> I actually had a weekend, believe it or not, and I'm like conscious that I had the weekend. I'm not like Joe Biden in complete cognitive decline. Um, but the reality is, and welcome to tonight's Andrea K show, the reality is in, in this world in which we live in right now, it is literally 24 hours a day on the news cycle, 365 days a year. And I was paying attention to the news this weekend on top of the fact that I cheated death this weekend. I had a near-death experience, and I want to tell you all about that a little later on the show. Things got a little hairy for AK and not at the shooting range. So stay tuned. Much ground to cover on tonight's Andrea K. Show, including ground that's going to be covered this week with the trucker convoy. Uh, I've got lots of questions, lots of questions and lots of concerns. And one of the organizers is going to be here later on the show to answer my concerns. I'm not sure if she's going to be able to overcome them. So stay tuned for that. Um, We lost some brave souls as part of the U.S. military. Some brave heroes died in service to our country this weekend. We're going to talk about that. So much to get into tonight. So buckle up, get yourself something yummy to carry you through something nutritious, something cool. Like I got me an ice cold uh, iced coffee uh, going on with me right now. And if you definitely want something that's yummy and nutritious and get to provide you with all kinds of good content, then be glad I got my boy with me tonight. It's DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Broccolini. I uh, I do want to hear about this experience that you had, by the way. Oh. I hope everything's okay because I, I I did not know this. I hadn't heard, but I hope everything's okay with you. It is. I get. I might as well tell y'all since I got since I got some. I peaked Sesame's curiosity here. So um, I decided that I was going to try something new, and I decided I was going to try this little thing called intermittent fasting. Okay. And that is evidently where you proceed to try to starve yourself in order to somehow lose weight. So I got a wedding to go to in a couple months. I want to get beef back up. I used to be 14% body fat, you know, so I'm not, I'm not quite as jacked as I used to be. So, you know, I thought I'm going to try out this intermittent fasting, right? Instead of eating breakfast around nine, nine 30, I'm just going to put it off and not eat breakfast at all. Eat, well, bre- the definition of breakfast really means breaking the fast, right? It's the first time you eat since dinner the night before. Well, y- Sunday, 
I decided I was going to wait and not eat till noon. And I, I'm trying to, I, I, I mean, y'all, I was literally, I, I was on the brink. I was at a restaurant at noon. I didn't think I could, I didn't think I was going to, I could make it another second. I did not. I'm not even kidding y'all. I felt like I was cheating death. I was inches away from death. That's how I felt with this intermittent fasting. And the waitress was bringing me back my fruity flavored iced tea. And before she got even halfway to my table, I yelled across the rock, bring me a burger. <laughs> I literally, I don't know how anybody, I don't know how anybody out there could do this intermittent fasting business. I kid you not. I literally thought I was going to die. Sesame broccolini. That is the closest I've come to death in a while. Have you tried this intermittent fasting or this fasting insanity that's going on? Well, it's funny. I have tried it and I've had some success with it. Um, it's, I don't, I don't know why I can't explain it. I really, I don't know if it works or not. I don't know. I've, there's a lot of debate about it being, you know, dubious or bad science. There's, there's a lot of people who it say is. there's no, you know, real nutritional benefit. I have tried it no. out of curiosity and I didn't love it, but I did make no. it. And I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's hard to say. So maybe there but wasn't even like, any benefit. Maybe it's just a placebo. I tell myself. So that way I feel better about it. I, I don't know. How could there be, how could there be, any, and your expression, you made it through. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the Batan death march. <laughs> I mean, what is <laughs> your body's telling you to eat? And you're like, you're just like ready to just take the head off of anybody who comes by you. Right. I mean, how in the world, and I know that, that, that fasting is evident is something that's biblical. I know that there's people that say when they fast to bring them closer to the Lord, but I don't know how, because I literally thought that I was cheating death. I literally thought this is, this is hell. This is torture. Right. And, and there's this, there's absolutely no benefit going on here. Email me at andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. If you believe in this practice, needless to say, I ate breakfast like a normal human being today. If I'm not, you know, I'm blessed to be able to have food that I can afford to feed myself. So many people in this country are struggling right now and literally can't afford to feed their families or parents are going to bed hungry so that their child can eat. And, but I just, I just don't even understand so my weekend, my Sunday, uh, mo- half of my weekend was effectively ruined by the fraud that was perpetrated on me in the form of people telling me I should try intermittent fasting. So that's my <laughs> near-death experience. To let me know what you people think. Maybe I'm just not strong, but I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I think it's some new world order globalist scheme trying to make you make you think. And you know what? It could be well, that the, it, the all these people pushing that out could be part of this globalist new world order scheme because they're all about depopulation. They're all about controlling the food supply. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. All these inter- Instagram and TikTok posts and all this, everybody pushing this intermittent fasting. It's part of their Bill Gates came up with this crap. <laughs> Yeah, look. I'm not getting any sympathy from you, my dude. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm look, no well, because all right, all right, all right. I'm just glad that things are okay. That that's my bottom Thank line. You. I'm glad that you <laughs> that you made it. I don't know if that burger was good or whatever happened with the the diner and the lady, but but I'm just no. I, I it sounds like you learned ch- a lesson. I, this is yes. bunk bunk science. Total. There's, no, there's nothing it's to it. Total. Bunch of scam artists out there. 
Um, no, I didn't get the burger, by the way, because she said to me, really, in the state that you're in, that the, the chicken lettuce wraps will come out quicker than the burger. The burger's going to take a while. And so I, I, I had to go with the, with the nasty um, chicken lettuce wraps, mm. not, not even a mm. bun. That's, the, that's how desperate I was, quite frankly. So anyway, um, let's get serious. Although, although I was partly serious there, I absolutely convinced that this is part of a way to change our culture, right? And part of the new world order scheme. That's the only thing I can figure out. Email me, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. So over the weekend, we did have a tragedy. We had the worst attack on Americans particularly uh, in the Middle East, in particular, since October 7th. We lost... Uh, three brave souls who died uh, this weekend over in um, Jordan. They, uh, it was three U.S. service people, three military died, about approximately 30 uh, or four, I think it was, that were injured. Some were life lighted out. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they were doing, you know, specifically in Jordan near the Syrian border. I'm not sure if there was some special ops situation. I'm not sure whether or not that really matters. Um, you know, because ultimately this is incredibly distressing to me, uh, not just because of the lack of concern whatsoever on the part of, um, you know, I, th I think Corrine Jean-Pierre just referred to, we lost three people, uh, and like she had struggled, she struggled to even, you know, recognize that they were military, uh, heroes and soldiers. I'm not even sure what branches they were, um, I don't want to speak ill of them, but I'm concerned about this situation much as I am that last week we had two U.S. Navy SEALs that died on a mission uh, in the water out in the, out in the open ocean. To me, that was an absolutely failed mission, and it doesn't mean that I'm being critical of the SEALs. What I'm critical of is our military leadership at this point. Absolutely uh, have no faith whatsoever in our military leadership. I have no faith whatsoever in our U.S. military leadership, having them be uh, battle ready, mission ready, that they've got, that the battle plans are solid, that are not the, the rules of engagement, uh, that uh, uh, to have them be um, ones in which uh, the rules of engagement under Mad Dog Mattis, even during the Trump times, were absolutely based upon political correctness and woke ideology and left our soldiers as sitting ducks. And I have to wonder if that's what took place with the U.S. SEALs who died last week or the three who died in Jordan and the 34 others that are injured. Meanwhile, at the same time with that happening, immediately, immediately, we had, let me pull up because I don't want to qu quote it correctly. We had Lindsey Graham tweeting out, hit Iran now, hit them hard. Senator John Cornyn, target Tehran. Tucker Carlson tweeted out, blank and lunatics. They are lunatics. Now, a good friend of mine, Kurt Schlichter, this weekend, y'all know Schlichter, he's been on the show many times, in addition to being a great attorney, represented Ben Shapiro and others. Uh, he is a retired uh, uh, army colonel in the reserves, and he said that that he thinks that absolutely when American service people are killed in the line of duty, there must be retaliation. There must be pushback. And there must be pushback, even if Lindsey Graham is for it. In other words, we, we should not be making military decisions just because Lindsey Graham is such a, uh, you know, um, 
I don't even want to use the term hawk. He's so much invested in the military industrial complex that it doesn't matter whether or not there's any sanity, any reason, any rationale, any, you know, um, defined credible mission goal. He's for it. Right. Uh, at the same token, we can't be not wanting to engage militarily just because Lindsey Graham is for it. But when we can't even have a mission with two Navy SEALs be pulled off correctly at this point, when we've got Iran just openly dropping drones on our people right now with this commander in chief, by the way, they dropped these drones and killed the Americans after Joe Biden on January 13th made this comment. Sesame Broccolini, I want you to play the clip of Joe Biden on January 13th. I've already delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. So they know not to do anything. I've already given them the message. I've told, and what did they do? They turned right around and killed Americans. Look at the position we're in now. Oh, but Joe Biden, he was the adulter back in the White House. Trump. You know, we got to get respect back to the White House. There's absolutely no respect for us. Iran committed an act of war against us with this drone strike. But do you guys trust Joe Biden as commander in chief and our U.S. military at this point to effectively start a war with Iran? I want to hear from you. AndreaKeshow.com, AndreaKeshow.com. Stick with us. We're going to continue this discussion when we come back. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking about uh, the American military killed in Jordan and the calls, therefore, immediately afterward, and 34 Americans killed immediately after that Lindsey Graham was talking about and pushing out that we needed to, to uh, attack Iran. Uh, we had 20 years in Afghanistan where we went in there, lost, I don't know how many, thousands of Americans, thousands of Americans harmed or injured uh, after Bergdahl. Remember Bo Bergdahl went AWOL. We lost how many Americans searching for him only to have, I, I, I think, um, no, that was actually the tranny um, where we lost soldiers going to look for him. Bo Berg was, or maybe it was Bo Bergdahl. It was such a disaster over there. Um, there was somebody that, I, was it Bo Bergdahl, Sesame, where we coughed up five terrorists to get him back? It was, what, I believe, I, I, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Not and 100% it was the sure, tranny, but I so. right? And it was the tranny that we lost soldiers going to look for the tranny that went AWOL, I mm -hmm. think. I mm -hmm. don't even remember. Such a disaster. After 20 years of going over there to fight the Taliban and losing Americans with our crap after our crappy rules of engagement, we ended up giving the government back to the Taliban, including 83, you know, billion dollars worth of equipment. That's who we're going to trust to wage war in Iran. And if we were going to attack Iran, why didn't we do it after October 7th? Because that's who's behind the terrorist in Gaza. 
I mean, this doesn't even make any sense for Lindsey Graham and the rest, unless you understand that they want war because it's a part of not just the military industrial complex, but it's a way to try to distract us from the real issues going on with the uniparty and the establishment. Yay, rally the American people behind a war. Stop looking at the border. And we're going to talk about the border a little bit later. We haven't forgotten about that. In fact, we've got an organizer from the trucker convoy is going to be with us uh, later on in the show. Um, and speaking of Iran, you know, Lindsey Graham wanting to pull the trigger and corn in and have us drop a bomb over there. How, we're so messed up as a country that where's the Republican Party right now? En masse, in unison, demanding that we don't give any more money to anybody in Gaza, that we don't give another dime to Ukraine. Here's a, here's a report. I'll, uh, there's forty million dollars, and you might be saying, "Well, AK, what is what is money to uh, dropping the bomb, uh, bom- um, going to war with Iran? Have to do with Gaza? Have to do with Ukraine? It's all tied together." Because what's going on with the use of our military is cover-ups, money laundering, just ways to control our elections, ways to cover up crimes, ways for everybody to make money. And it's never about securing us. It's never about keeping us safe. You want to know why? The uh, Israeli, here's an example. Israeli intel shows that 10% of UN workers the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, 10%, 1,200 have direct connections to either Hamas or the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. 1,200 direct ties. They're terrorists. We're funding terrorism. Why would we want to go? Why would anybody support a war with Iran right now when our own government is funding terrorism? After what happened in Afghanistan, we saw we toppled Saddam Hussein. What did we get out of it? Nothing. Twelve hundred. We've got a clip of um, buffoon. I think it's John Kirby. Got a couple clips from from Kirby. Uh, here's what he had to say about uh, the good work of the UN uh, organization, Sesame. Um, And as I said last week, let's not impugn the good work of a whole agency uh, because of the potential bad actions here by a small number. I am not dismissing the seriousness of the allegations against those employees. And whether there's gonna be more that'll be found, hopefully the investigation will, uh, will, uh, uh, will, will give us more insight. It is important. And look, the, the, the UNRWA staff, uh, Commissioner General, and the UN Secretary General Guterres last week made it clear they're taking this seriously. Uh, that's our expectation, too. It's really important that this investigation be as thorough and as transparent and as credible as possible, and we're going to be watching real closely. We're going to be watching really closely. Twelve employees. Oh, well, well, we can't, you know, impugn the entire organization for a few potentially bad actors. Twelve employees were directly involved in the attacks. Twelve employees of this agency were involved in the slaughter of babies and the taking of hostages. Twelve hundred direct ties to Hamas. Fifty percent 
have at least one close relative with ties to the to the terror groups, which really means that 50 percent of the 12,000 employees have ties to Hamas. And that's our government's reaction to this. Let's not impugn the organization. We're partnered with terrorists, literally and figuratively. So when he makes this comment about, uh, we've got another clip of him about responding to Iran and a time and manner of our choosing. Um, hmm. Test me if you can play that clip. Well, Mika, no question there's going to be a response. And you heard that from the president yesterday. We, we will respond. Uh, but as we've done in the past, we're going to do it in a time and a manner of our choosing. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be careful. We'll be deliberate about this. Uh, and, uh, and, we'll, and the president will make the right decisions at the right time. Uh, we're certainly not going to telegraph punches to the Iranians or to these groups that they're backing. Not going to telegraph punches? We're funding these terrorists in Gaza. And by the way, didn't Joe Biden telegraph to them and tell them not to do anything and they turned right around and killed Americans? So when he says, well, we'll respond in a time and manner of our choosing, what? Give more money to fund their nuclear ambitions to wipe Israel and the United States off the map? Why not? We're funding terrorism. Literally. It's insanity what we're doing. And then on top of it, there's reports at the same time This is the same government that continues to give hundreds of uh, uh, hundreds of money. Sesame, do you know how much money total we've given to uh, to Ukraine at this point? Oh, no, it's I mean, do you mean for military aid specifically or for overall economic aid and military aid? Because, well, they all they claim it's all military. And then we find out that we were funding small businesses and farmers and everything. So the total amount of money, it's it, I mean, it, it's, it's north of 100 billion. Yeah. Now we find out five have been charged in Ukraine conspiracy to embezzle 40 million dollars. Yeah. Mm hmm. $40 million. So um, I don't have, so at this point, I, 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 we've got an election coming up in November. Uh, I don't want, I, I don't want another dime going to Ukraine, not another damn dime to that money laundering new world order, communist corrupt crap hole over there. And I don't want, and, and do I, do I think that there was a time in which we should have gotten involved in Iran, yes. When there was an uprising during the Obama administration and there was an opportunity to work on the ground from within to help topple the regime, to help the locals and the people, the freedom fighters on the ground, the 20-somethings over there that were desperate for a regime change. But not this way, not with this woke military that we've got. I want to hear from you, though. Email me, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. We're going to take a break. We come back. It's Mondays with Maloney coming up, and he's going to be here to talk about all the latest with the Republican Party, including the uh, election that's coming up. So stay tuned for that. We'll be Andrea Kay. 
bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all with me. If you miss any part of the show, don't forget to download the podcast wherever you download your pods. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. I asked the question earlier in the show whether or not you support the military use or an attack on Iran, which is what Lindsey Graham and John Cornyn and others are asking for after Americans were killed this weekend by a drone strike by Iran. And that drone strike killing American military happened after Joe Biden says that he told them on on, uh, January 13th not to act and not to do anything um, because the Americans, we were taking on the Houthi rebels. So clearly there is no uh, respect for Joe Biden around the world. Uh, certainly not in Iran. I want to hear from you guys, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Joining me now to discuss, we're going to shift gears into some other political stuff happening, is my good friend. It's Monday, so that means Mondays with baloney. I started to say Mondays with baloney. It's Brian Maloney. <laughs> oh, boy. Like I haven't heard that before. <laughs> oh. Um. Listen, before we get going here on, um, uh, got an email uh, directed to, to Brian and I, and so we're going to address that in a moment. Um, but uh, Brian, I've got to I've got to go back to Friday and discuss what I consider to be one of the greatest miscarriages of justice I've ever seen in my life, and people are celebrating it, including Nikki Haley, just because it was against Trump, including and so many never Trumpers are. When what happened in this E. Jean Carroll uh, case um, was a complete destruction of our our legal constitutional rights, and um, as Alina Haba said afterwards, I mean our our justice system was our former justice system as it was envisioned by our founders was one of the key things that set us apart from the rest of the world in these tyrannical governments because it meant that we were it stated that we were innocent until proven guilty the burden was on the government or the plaintiffs the people bringing the suit and that you had the right to mount a vigorous defense and there was not one shred of evidence against Donald Trump, either in the uh, alleged assault case or in the defamation, no evidence. And then on top of it, as Alina Haba laid out in excruciating detail, she was not allowed to mount any kind of defense. And you will see today, and as we saw today, all these so-called legal expert never Trumpers saying that she was the fault and not the judge. In fact, I want to play a clip from Nikki Haley and then get your response, uh, Brian Maloney. Sess me if you can play Haley. Overanalyze. I just tell the truth as I see it. I think there have been politics played with prosecutors that have brought on some of these cases. I think there's been politics played even with the judges. But I do think American juries still get it right. They listen to the evidence. They make the decision based on the evidence. And I do still trust any American that sits on a jury. I trust that they're making the right decision. Wow. There was no evidence. 
Yeah. You're, I mean, Brian Maloney, the Trump challenger, suppose, uh, supposedly a Republican, celebrating and uh, 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 defending lawfare. I mean, Stalin said, show me, show me a man, I'll show you the crime. She's not Dick Cheney in heels. She's Joseph Stalin in stilettos, isn't she? Well, and that was at least the second time. I think that was where she had doubled down on this. Where you know she had already taken flack for saying it the first time, so I think she's blurred this out more than once now. And I don't know exactly what she thinks she's doing here, except for maybe some kind of strategy. She thinks there are enough never Trumpers out there to win a primary or two. This it makes no sense whatsoever. The numbers aren't there uh, from here on out. Uh, you know, but the bottom line is, I mean, it doesn't make sense either from a, a factual standpoint. I mean, this woman, uh, you know, one thing that the media never points out is that this woman has accused at least six other men of similar crimes. So, in fact, um, she even accused, uh, I think, uh, CBS, former CBS president Les Moonves of yep. the same thing. Um, there's a whole list of men that so Trump is actually the seventh man uh, that she's accused of this uh, or some or a similar crime and that and then you know she claims the dress she was wearing that day it turns out to be a dress that wasn't even designed until years later. Uh, oh yeah, there, well, uh, yeah. Let me interrupt. Doesn't remember what year know. it happened. She doesn't yeah. know what year it happened, but Brian Maloney is talking about the cover of a New Yorker magazine where she's saying, this is the outfit I was wearing, and it wasn't even created at that point. It wasn't, it wasn't even, even designed. Created, yeah, it, yeah um, she, I mean, it literally is the same as the plot from a 2012 Law & Order SVU. Right, uh, that too, so, that too. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, it's starring the guy from A Few Good Men. Uh, who was one of the attorneys, whether it was the little short guy with the kid and uh, with the baby and a few good men. I don't remember the name of the actor. Um, so, I, I mean, so for Nikki Haley to go around, I mean, to, uh, I mean, the Republican Party, she represents the establishment of the Republican Party. And the memo, the message I want to get across to y'all out there is that they are, they are um, partners with the weaponization of our court system. And if, and this was not a sexual assault case, ultimately it was set up that way. And then a defamation case, because ultimately what this does is it destroys not only your ability to mount a defense, but it, it, it was really an attack on speech and they're going around today and they're bragging about how, well, if he doesn't stay quiet, he's going to be faced with more fines. This is what's going to come to every American out there. And quite frankly, and not, not even just conservatives, but if you're within my voice and you're a Democrat or an independent, this will also be brought to your doorstep at some point down the road. Your thoughts, Brian Maloney? Well, there, because there are no boundaries anymore. And, and Nikki Haley is basically just coming right out and saying, I work for the opposition. And I think that was mm -hmm. what is the most shocking about all of this. I mean, Nikki is just like, I don't even have to pretend anymore. Uh, I'm just going to just let you know who I really am. Uh, and, and you don't even have to guess anymore. Um, you know, I'm I'm with the other team, and it's like, well, you know, you want to you want to be on the other team, fine, but go join them, uh, go run on their ticket, you know, go. But go see, it's but see, it's the same Democrat. team. But see, it's the same team, and that's what I want people to understand. 
that right now it's the same team. And because, and, and, and this is why I want to talk about the email that I got because I got an email from a listener and I always appreciate when you guys uh, email me and he says this, he says, Andrea, I'm a Republican, as you might guess from my email address. I am not a never Trumper. I want him to defeat the Democrats in November, but your disparagement of Ron DeSantis after in italics, he ended his campaign last week was at best unhelpful to the Republican cause. President Trump would need all the votes that he can get in order to succeed in November. How do you think the supporters of DeSantis, who, if anything, is more conservative than Mr. Trump, will react to your putting him down after he did the honorable thing and endorsed Mr. Trump? You run the risk that they will get so perturbed at your insults and put downs that some of them may not vote for Trump simply out of an emotional anger against you. So at the very least, your language was very bad political strategy. DeSantis was and is very good candidate in many ways. Perhaps he doesn't have the gravitas in his voice um, yet that you and Mr. Brian Maloney demand. One of the worst presidents of my lifetime had plenty of vocal gravitas. One of the best presidents did not. Mitch has so much going for him. Da, da, da. At any rate, he could have made a very good president, may yet do so. Um, as many very respected commentators like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh liked him, that is a subjective assessment of Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh. For you and Maloney to put him down like that after he bowed out and graciously endorsed Mr. Trump came across as very bad. I get that maybe when his supporters started criticizing Trump, it rubbed you the wrong way, but I really hope that you look at the big picture and try to get as many DeSantis voters out on election day voting for Trump as opposed to angering them, Jeff Ridgway, San Diego. Um, here's my response, and then I'm going to let Brian respond. Well, actually, we're up against a break. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and break here. Then when we come back, Brian Maloney and I are going to respond uh, to this message because I think it's very, very – thank you so much, Jeff, for emailing me because this is something we've got to move past as a conservative movement. Uh, stay with us. K, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. If you miss any part of the show, don't forget to download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Email me. At AndreaKayshow.com, AndreaKayshow.com. My question for you guys tonight is, uh, do you support, um, I don't want to use the W word, war, uh, but do you support a U.S. military attack on Iran? AndreaKayshow.com, AndreaKayshow.com. Before the break, I was reading an email uh, from a listener named Jeff Ridgway. Jeff, thank you so much for emailing me. I'm glad you sent me the email about uh, criticisms of DeSantis because um we have we have a country to save, and I'm very very concerned about the ongoing infighting amongst the uh, um, the conservative movements. I'm going to respond first, and then I'm going to allow Brian Maloney to respond. Um, Jeff, um, I, you didn't clarify to me what you meant by disparagement. That is a subjective term. I wish you would included some of what I actually said, so I'll know which criticisms I said. Um, I, like many people, critiqued 
his statement that he made um, when he announced that he was suspending his campaign. And I analyzed the speech and gave my assessment of it. I don't consider that disparagement. I, I consider that analysis. And to me, he showed in that speech, it's not about gravitas. It's about the ability to persuade. And it's about connecting with people on the basis of what he's, what he's going to do. And he, at every step of the way, he convinced me that he's not far from Nikki Haley, what we just heard in terms of, from a policy standpoint, I've been looking for three years for him to convince me that he can take on and he's prepared to take on the deep state. And every step of the way, he left me unsatisfied and even more so after he dropped out. In terms of winning over DeSantis, the bigger picture and most important issue is this. It should not be for any DeSantis supporter to say that I, Andrea, in order to vote for Trump, people have to woo you. And any criticism of DeSantis might have you stay at home concerns me. If you understand the dire situation that we're in and that Obama, who's running the show, and Biden is the worst president we've ever had. There should be no criticism of Ron DeSantis in any way that should keep you from going to the polls. They are in the process of destroying this nation. Why in the world would any comment I make about Ron DeSantis keep you from going to save this nation? Brian Maloney. So, uh, yeah, so it's very, very interesting. I mean, to me, I think uh, a big part of this was uh, a lot of the points that you just made about the three years of waiting for DeSantis to deliver. I think he had a ton of time, more time than anybody else would have had. <clears throat> but I also think that a big part of this, and maybe the reason why we didn't feel like we had to be very nice last week, was the team that DeSantis hired and their nastiness online. Um, their and nastiness it continues, on, by the way, which and, continues, and continues even well, as of <clears throat> this moment. It, well, it continues as of this moment. Uh, and uh, well, first of all, one of the weird things going on right now, and I would have mentioned this even if, and it's nice of Jeff to send that note. I I appreciate it. Um, but the the bottom line here is that DeSantis is still acting as though he's still in the race, and yes, this has he's been going a on. Shadow for, campaign. He's running a shadow campaign. This has been going on for three to four days now, where he's posting videos to Twitter uh, as though he's still in the race. It's the yes. question that that begs, I believe, is he's looking at this, and it's right back to that same old thing. Well, Trump's going to end up in prison, or Trump's going to have to drop yep. out because of this or that and the other. And then they're going to beg me at the convention to, uh, you know, they're going to draft me at the convention or whatever, and it can't be Nikki. Yep. So I, I don't think that in Ron's mind he is out of the race. And the other thing I want to point out is there's a publication. I don't even know this publication normally, but somebody at this, it's called The Messenger, and it might be a left-wing rag for all I know. I think it might be, but it's called TheMessenger.com, okay? But somebody named Mark Caputo uh, wrote a story uh, about this DeSantis campaign and how it got annihilated by Trump, and it is so well-written and documented and detailed step-by-step step where DeSantis went wrong in the campaign. So, you know, if if, the, if we're guilty of disparaging DeSantis or whatever, 
fine, but this article really goes into the details about bad hiring decisions and bad and, and where actually sometimes where people in his campaign tried to get him to do the right thing and he wouldn't, uh, and and how frustrated they were and how essentially this article goes into what ultimately DeSantis had around him was a fan club rather than anybody that was willing to say, hey, wrong, I think you ought to do it this way instead. Um, because anybody that did try that, as I alluded to a moment ago, got generally got fired. And, and, and at this point, though, but we're about almost out of time. At this point, the notion that the DeSantis, all whether it's the social media people or Jeff in the email, it's about if we if we hear – um, you know, you know, how are we going to win the DeSantis voters over? Why would we need to win a DeSantis voter over at this point? I think the DeSantis people need to explain how they could even consider staying at home and not voting for Trump, given the state of, of our country at this point. Well, because that guarantees Kamala Harris as president, because another yeah. Biden-Harris term means, I mean, I don't even know how Biden makes it to November, much less January, but one way or the other, it means Harris is president. So if that staying home because of, of you know, so, uh, and if any of Nikki Haley's voters, I've never met one, apparently they exist, I don't know, not many, uh, or DeSantis voters or whatever, if they stay home in November because they don't like Trump, it means a Kamala Harris presidency. So that, I mean, if that doesn't scare the living daylights out of you, I don't know what would. So that's it why we need to sort me. this out. Yeah, I'm going to be tough. Jeff, I'm concerned that you took, I thank you for emailing me. I'm, I'm glad we're having this discussion, but I'm concerned about the minds of DeSantis voters that they would throw our nation under the bus because they don't like comments about Ron DeSantis, who as go read that article that Brian Maloney just said, he's the one who failed Trump. Nobody did that to him, but himself. And Christina Pushaw his- in particular yeah. was the one. And then the article details how she essentially herself got thrown under the bus at one point last summer, but she's the one that really started the whole thing off on the wrong foot from the beginning. Um, and then it just kind of created his campaign yeah. became kind of this monster um, that, that couldn't get back in control. I mean, it's really incredible. Yeah. What we need to do is rally together and save this country and help and help Trump. And and even even then, it's it's going to be a tough road to hoe in order to save this country. That's the dire straits that we're in. Brian Maloney, thank you for being here. Appreciate you, you as always. All right, and stick around. We've got a, uh, one of the organizers from the Trucker Convoy is going to be with us next hour and so much more, so don't go anywhere.